Welcome to Cancer for Breakfast with Amy and Steph. I'm Amy. And I'm Steph. try to make cancer for breakfast safe and comfortable for everyone, it may not be suitable for all audiences and is intended for informational and educational purposes only. It is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We're not doctors. We didn't even go to podcasting school. (laughs) Amy? (gasps) Steph? Did you quit your podcast? <laughs> Did I die? <laughs> Did I die? Are you Did dead? We both die? Are you healthy? In a Thelma and Louise style. <laughs> it's been a minute. There are two things we need to say at the very beginning in case we mess up so people know what's up. Can you tell them what we're doing right now? We are just cranking this episode out. No edits. Yeah, it's kind of like our um, anniversary, first anniversary or birthday of the podcast episode where we just like, we raw dogged it. No (laughs) production. We just recorded and put it out. So we will definitely say dumb stuff that we normally would cut. We will mess up. We will still give it to you because when was our last episode? It was like the middle of June and we kept being like, oh, we recorded a bunch of stuff actually. And then it just, you know, there's too many moving parts over the summer sometimes. And we were like having vacations and doing stuff. And yeah. um, And also what is time? Like June 15th was two weeks ago in my mind. That's how it feels. And now it's August. And now we are getting messages from people actually being like, are you guys okay? Um, I know. And we Thanks are. for your concern, everybody. I <laughs> I do honestly really appreciate that people were like, um, the cancer podcast okay? has gone silent. With <laughs> yeah, it's it's legit to be concerned for our health, but no bad news. No news is good news in this yeah. case. Yeah, we've just been making gazpacho and running through sprinklers. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, how is your health? Can we get a quickie of an update? Yeah. Let me update everybody. My health is actually good. I had some scans done. I'm stable Mabel. Stable Um, Mabel. And um, things have been kind of progressing for me in a good way. Tell me. Kind of progress we don't like. But (laughs) um, I saw my oncologist and it's just like, it's so great to have a doctor and a care team that you feel like is collaborative with you and not just like telling you what to do. So I, you know, I had a great summer. I've had a great summer. It's still mm-hmm. summer, but, um, you know, my family went on some trips. We went to the Redwoods. Um, we went to, you know, some state parks, we went camping and stuff. And, um, we really love to be outdoors and in nature. And I was frankly kind of, um, debilitated by my joint pain. I mm-hmm. can't get around. I I really can't do strenuous hikes at all. And even an easy hike was really challenging for me. And um, that was a huge bummer. And so I talked to my oncologist about switching my aromatase inhibitor to anastrozole from letrozole um, mm-hmm. because it has the possibility of improving the side effects. So um, I actually, I started that, um, maybe two weeks ago and I am seeing an improvement really? and whether 
it's psychosomatic or not, um, I'll take, take it. it. Run with it. Yeah. I actually also was a little bit late to our recording because I just got off the phone with the Seattle Cancer Care Alliance acupuncture people. Oh, oh yeah. Good. Get in there, girl. They're going to change really your life. for that. Yeah. So I'm stable. I'm, my side effects are improving. Um, I have some new cool treatment options on the horizon. I'm getting an ovophorectomy in the fall. That's your over, ovaries removal? Yeah, because mm-hmm. the, um, the oncology gynecologist really just kind of wanted to hammer home that lowering my estrogen and progesterone levels are what we really want to focus on. So mm-hmm. um, I am still not at no evidence of active disease, which is, of course, like the dream. It's where everybody yeah. wants to be. And um, she did suggest that there was a possibility that just lowering my estrogen levels that little extra bit mm-hmm. um, by removing my ovaries might be helpful. So let's see, yeah. you know, if that if that does make any difference whatsoever. Otherwise, it's just another place for the cancer to travel. So those babies. Oh, the ovaries for your type of cancer. Yeah. It sometimes can do that with fucking lobular, you little bitch. Not Mm -hmm. you, the cancer. Um, Well, I'm excited that you're having um, fewer side effects. I know you were a little nervous to switch your AI, especially when you are stable and you're having good scans and your cancer's not growing, any sort of switch in the cocktail can be a little bit nerve wracking. But yeah. the truth is like the AIs will, should work the same. They, the difference between them is sort of is the side effect juggle. So right, you should right. be perfectly fine switching to that. And I'm glad that it's working out for you. Thank you. Thank you kindly. Yeah. How about you? What's up? What's new? Um, well, I have also been enjoying my summer and medically I had my mammogram that I alternate every six months between a mammogram and a MRI. And so this was my six month of the mammogram. And, you know, you're always a little nervous, but I was pretty cool about it. It was all right. You really were. It was. I'm getting better. So if I can be of a, um, well, I don't, I don't even have the word, so I'm not going to say it because I sure as shit don't want to say inspiration because that's not what I'm trying to say. <laughs> but for people that are new into it and they're like, I can't imagine or people who have listened to me throughout this experience yeah. of the podcast and what a freaked out little freak I can be. Bless my little heart. Um, yeah, I was pretty all right about it. You know, you were a cool little cucumber about it i was surprised we had scans kind of at the same time yeah and i feel like we both managed the stress and anxiety the best we ever have yeah i also feel like i'm getting more used to uh i still spiral a bit but i'm used to handling that spiral or like i'm less um I don't know. I'm less taken down by it. And I'm more able to be like, hey, by the way, you're scheduling me for a mammogram scheduler. Can you tell me, are they going to ask me to to do an ultrasound too that day? Is that like protocol? Or if they do ask me to get an ultrasound that day, does that mean they see something? Like I seriously said that on the phone where I was just like, I just want to know because you hear all the time where someone's like, I went in for my mammogram. Then they made me wait. Then they said ultrasound. And that's what happened when I was diagnosed. But then they said that was just standard, you know? 
But the yeah. dude was like, since you're two years out now, you go right back into regular mammograms where you will get a letter or they'll call you to schedule a follow-up, but there should be no ultrasound. So just like knowing what to expect instead of a, what if they're, you know, anyway. Yeah. So that shit's chill. And then I'm getting um a boob surgery next month in September. Um, I'm getting some fat grafting done, which is when they suck fat out of an area for me and they're going to do my stomach, but people do it with their thighs sometimes or, um, I think those are the two main places, but, and then they inject it in, but it's not a major thing at all. Like, I think it's basically holes. It's not like a slice slice. It's such a gross word, Um, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm kind of excited. Like I talk or joke around about my uneven breasts. But the reality is like, I don't really care that much. I'm not that sensitive about it in many ways, but I'm also like, there's pain still from radiation and from my second uh, lumpectomy surgery I had to get. And um, she was saying that sometimes with the putting those cells into your breasts, it kind of like revamps the tissues and can heal like some stagnant areas that are causing pain so I'm like pretty excited about that and I just feel like why not just try it you know right right because and you know people have legit problems not only aesthetically but um just from a you know body standpoint Mm -hmm. from having breasts that are different sizes even slightly different sizes I mean it's not like your breasts are are it's not like you're flat on one side and you know you have which is also totally fine it is totally but you know if it does if for people that are bothered by that are bothered by the lopsidedness of it mm-hmm. like that's a legit thing and fat grafting is a great option for that yeah and also when you do start thinking seriously about like fat grafting i I will say that there are some horror stories and some people are like, don't do yeah. it. It's awful. Yeah. So it's definitely not like it might not be. It might not be a wonderful experience. I will be the first to tell you, but. You know, my boob hurts and yeah, yeah. might as well have clothes that don't look weird. I will tell you another thing, though. Um, our friend Laura Pike, who has the Empowered Mastectomy website and she's Empowered Mastectomy on Instagram. Follow her. Mm-hmm. Um, she gave me I wonder if I have it in here she gave me a sweatshirt that says empowered mastectomy it's really (gasps) awesome you can buy them I'm sure through her Instagram there's a link but she was joking she's like I mean I know people aren't gonna like wanna wear these like all over the place because it's a little bit like hi you know yeah and of course you know I had a lumpectomy but my boobs are crooked and stuff and I totally when she said that I was like yeah you know like I'm probably not gonna like wear it to the club but like (laughs) you know but I was like wearing it at Trader Joe's and I don't like to wear a bra half the time anyway I'm just like whatever I don't give a shit and um and I realized I did feel empowered wearing it because it made me feel like at Trader Joe's if anyone did look at me and do that double take that just naturally happens. It's not because they're dicks. It's because when you see things that you're used to symmetry and you see something not symmetrical, yeah. you do kind of, you know. Yeah. And 
I was like, it just does make me feel like you want to do a double take and then you see and then you read that and then you're like, oh, okay. And then, of course, the response is, oh, okay, not what happened to that? You know what I mean? And I, so I just yeah. told her that the other night. I was like, I actually did feel very empowered wearing that. And I was, and she was just like, yeah, that's awesome. Cause you know what? I think a lot of people don't even realize that not having reconstruction immediately is an option. Like muggles who have nothing to do with breast cancer, I think just assume that you get a mastectomy and then you get implants or whatever, you know, right. Like, and that it's normal, uninitiated plastic people. surgery of like, yeah, you get these beautiful, bodacious fake boobs, which right, which some people do, but yeah, not everybody, not even most people, I think these days. So, no. I I love it. I I would totally hype empowered mastectomy swag. I would mm-hmm. wear it proudly, even though I have nothing to do with mastectomies. Yeah. Um, love it. Can I shout out another awesome? Um, group organization. Mm-hmm. My kids, all three of my children right now are at Camp Kesem. Oh, yeah. I cannot believe it. It's the weirdest thing. I've never been away from my children for more than a day. And we dropped them off. We're in Washington State. We dropped them off east of the mountains. We're west of the mountains. So mm-hmm. there's an entire fucking mountain range dividing me and my children oh right my now. God. But Camp Kesem is an amazing, amazing organization that provides free week-long camps to kids whose grown-ups have cancer, have been through cancer. Um, it's free. It's usually operated through universities, like state mm. universities, but there are over 120 chapters wow. in the United States. And they have mental health care professionals on staff. The camp counselors are college students. We dropped them off and it was just such a beautiful, welcoming experience. Um, super low stress and they were very comforting. There were definitely kids there. We've never taken our kids to camp, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were kids there who were crying and, um, obviously experiencing varying levels of stress. And the counselors were just so open, so warm. Aww. Um, it, it was so exciting. My kids were just super stoked. We are not the kind of people who could afford week long summer for three children too right like no way Mm -hmm. um and you know it's just it's such a cool program um kesem.org k-e-s-e-m.org is the website they do um year-round programming they have some meetups during the rest of the year not just in the summer and they have resources for kids they do peer-to-peer stuff which i think is so important um, obviously like cancer people know the importance of having peer to peer resources, but for kids too, who need that understanding from people who have gone through what they're going through, I think is so rad, so important. Um, I love this organization and I know that my kids are just going to have the time of their little lives, yes. even though I miss them. What are you going to do with all this free time? <laughs> Get back on your freaking podcast that you quit doing months ago? Yeah, not me um, taking care of my seven-year-old's Tamagotchi. <laughs> I don't even know what a Tamagotchi is. Is that a Amy keychain animal? Dials. Yes, you do know what a Tamagotchi is. Is that what it is? is. It is. Uh, <laughs> it started It started beeping this morning, and it was like her Tamagotchi that she's been taking care of all week. It ascended. It was like there was some montage with a spaceship, and it got pulled up in a ray, and then it selected a new egg. It was a all whole right, thing, mom. but I was all like, right. Back up. 
<laughs> there was a lot, but I was like, okay, this is what I do now. And my time away from my children. You, you just ha- are like, I have to take care of somebody. <laughs> Does anybody <laughs> need me? <laughs> yes. You do, Yamagachi. True. Jeez. Um, can I, um, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a cancer for breakfast unedited episode unless I talked a little bit of shit that I later regretted. Can I just say one little funny thing? You the- know it. <laughs> Hold me back. Stop me. <laughs> um, okay. I just thought this was funny and I took note of it last week. And then I was like, I might want to talk about that on our podcast if we ever do it again. Um, and I do preface this with saying I would never, ever talk about something somebody anonymously posted in like a very private group about cancer or whatever, but a very public thousands of members, whatever group, breast cancer, mm-hmm. you know, it takes all kinds. Um, there was this poor woman who posted saying she was newly diagnosed and she needed some resources or wanted to know if anybody wanted to connect or just, I don't remember the context of the post, but it was very much like... I'm doing this and yeah, in, the, uh-huh. in this part of my journey. And uh, so there was a bunch of comments. And of course, like cancer people are the most supportive, coolest group of unlucky bitches you'll ever meet. So there True. was, you know, feedback co- comments. Yeah. Um, this one person commented and said, hey, I'm at the same point in my treatment and I'm have all these similar qualities. Like, I don't know, I'm paraphrasing and probably not telling right. Who cares? Um, and she's like, and I was diagnosed and, you know, my daughter is nine months old or 14 months old. I, I don't know. She just said, blah, blah, blah. And I'm also going to do chemo or something like that. Do you want to connect uh-huh. and maybe we can support each other? Yeah. Awesome. Right. Right. So what does this woman say? She says. The um, original poster. Yeah. The OP. To that, to that invitation of support and camaraderie from a peer mm-hmm. Uh-oh. when she asked for it um thank you but i actually one of my triggers actually is people who have children because one of the things i wanted to do was have a baby and i haven't had one so i do wish you well but i don't think that i should connect with you or something like that and i was oh. like <clears throat> what the everlasting hell like it just i get i get the sensitivity around fertility i get all of that stuff but just like the the fact that this other person was a mom it wasn't like she was trying to like be like and i'm a mom it was she was just saying like here's what where i you know like here's who i am and it's a public forum you know she easily could have just said like oh thanks like you know like she could have not responded. She could have not responded or said like, "Here's some groups I'm going to join. Maybe you could join them too." Or even it's an online email exchange is essentially what she was, you know, or like messaging. Yeah. It's not like she's asking her to like rent her basement or something, you know. <laughs> it's just like this is so like to be like no. Um. So anyway, wow. it's just weird to me in that way where. I guess, especially when you're newer into this stuff. And also like that poor woman is like newly diagnosed. Who knows what the hell's going through her head? Where she's like, oh, baby, I can't talk to you. You have a baby. You know, like fertility is very sensitive. Yeah. But it kind of is that thing where like in life in general, but especially in cancer, the first thing you should learn how to do is remove your experience Mm -hmm. to be somebody else's experience or their 
successes or their progression or their scale or any aspect of somebody else's cancer experience or life experience. Do not compare it to you as what you don't have or do have or will have or else you will not be able to get any support or the double-edged swordness of it will slice your fucking head off. It's so true. It's so true. I I just felt so I bad think, for that woman. I wanted to be like, do you want, you can be my friend, you know? <laughs> Let's be friends. I know. It's so hard. It's like, I think that breast cancer groups are, are the hardest because there are so many fucking people that have breast cancer and have had breast cancer. And it tends to be mostly cis women, you know? And so like, they're online a lot and they're just like so many, I don't know. I, I, don't personally find a whole lot of meaningful support in those large groups because I don't I don't find a lot of community with uh the vast majority of people you know it's just Mm -hmm. it's just a thing about me and so it does it I always try to when I'm checking in with those larger groups I do sort of like hunt for people that I think Mm -hmm. are simpatico and like you know, do the web version of like grabbing their hand and pulling them (laughs) through the, (laughs) through the hall into the, the cool kids room, because it just means so much. It has meant so much to me to find real community, Mm -hmm. but yeah, there's just all kinds of wackadoos. And like, I don't know, like you said, you never know what people are going through, but like, God, you just, you do, you have to remove your own hopes and dreams from other people's experiences because you just will, you'll be an island otherwise. Yeah. People with children are my trigger. It was something like that. And also that woman, I would take her hand and be like, come here, come join our Facebook group. We can, you know, it's like, yeah, anyone, everyone's going through the shit. We've said it, we've said it. And I also want to make it clear. I'm so sympathetic to the fertility complication, sadness, like question yeah you know the child thing I totally get it I have it too and I actually with that being said would love to do an episode on that like on fertility on just fertility like the decisions the I want to hear from people who um froze their eggs and had a kid or decided not to freeze their eggs and feel bummed about it or feel empowered by it or adopted a kid or you know yeah whatever it is like some people maybe never wanted to have a kid and then lost their fertility through treatment or had to do the menopause thing and whatever Mm -hmm. and maybe want to do you know like there's so like in so many support groups that I'm part of and in-person ones for quote-unquote younger people it is such a common topic whatever wherever you land you know yeah and I would love to hear from people um talk about it a little bit absolutely and I think people don't realize how many cancers actually can affect your fertility Mm -hmm. and it's not even just the ones that we traditionally think of you know like breast cancer ovarian cancer cervical cancer all those I think there are also ones that you know even I am I'm I read so much about cancer but Mm -hmm. I'm still learning all the time there was a woman in one of the groups that I'm in who was talking about her experience with vulvar cancer, which is Mm -hmm. another one of those like under the radar cancers that I think commonly is thought of as, as something, you know, 
basically like unheard of. But here was a young woman mm-hmm. with vulvar cancer that really t- completely changed the way that her body works and multiple, multiple surgeries and interventions later. She has a completely different lifestyle and future than she ever would have dreamed of. Yeah. And I think that's the case with a lot of those kind of below the belt cancers where your fertility is affected in ways that you never expected it mm-hmm. would be. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I would love to hear from people too. I think um, especially from people who have managed to eke out the family that they maybe didn't expect, but they yeah. love. Um, totally. Through adoption or chosen family or being godparents or, you know, whatever. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, and I would love for you to do a rats. I mean, I'm sure there's all sorts of ones you could seek out, but just the clarity on the safety of having a pregnancy or doing IVF after hormone positive breast cancer specifically, because that's like a big question for yeah. some people, even though like they say it's safe if you're on tamoxifen or an AI for two years to go off and have the kid. But like, what are all the variables? How safe are we talking? What is this all based on? Let's get a little bit more clarity because yeah, I know some people have questions about it. Yeah. So many people have questions about it. I, I will, I promise to within the next six months, do a deep dive on that. Okay. Well, I feel like you have three weeks. A lot of good (laughs) (laughs) We do have two episodes we mentioned earlier that we kept saying, oh, we've recorded all this stuff. We have, we have, we have, we have two episodes that are like done essentially that need just a few edits and things to before they can be out. That's why we're recording this one with no edits, just so we can put something out. So, you know, we're not dead. Um, so, um, in addition to the fertility letters, if you would like to share, we also, I believe in one of those episodes, ask you to contribute more bitch fest mm-hmm. or no, um, under the bus, which Essentially, we should ask for both Bitch Fest and Under the Bus because they're similar but different. But yeah, yeah. Bitch Fest, anything that's bugging you, anything you want to bitch about, about cancer, the people around you, the inner workings of the shit you're dealing with. But then Under the Bus is more like for the knowledge of the the muggles, how mm-hmm. they can do better and shit they should know that they don't understand being in our shoes. So right. Cause our under the bus tool. episode is, is pop is a popular, it's one. a popular one. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a brag, but it's a popular one. <laughs> um, anyways. So, and then we have two episodes and then we'll get to those topics after that, except for the fertility one in six months. Cause stuff can't do the rats for six months. Listen, I just want to be <laughs> thorough. I'm just I like to be thorough. Um, are you going to do a rats? I or am. I not have, yet, though, because we have a few more things to talk about. But you, you're going to do a rats. Yeah, episode. I do. <clears throat> I want to lower everybody's expectations for this rats because it's really not anything about um, advancements or anything. But oh. it was an interesting news piece that I, I looked into and I wanted to share. I love it. Um, I, d- I didn't collect letters for this episode or put them together. So this is just... Yeah, a, it's just a little ditty. It's just a little ditty. So there we have it. But... I do have some a thing else I wanted to tell you that I thought of, but do you have something else you want to tell me first? No, I don't think so. Okay. So I don't want to get into a huge Olivia Newton-John thing because, you know. Anyway. But we are going to be performing Summer Nights. <laughs> <laughs> so 
is a duet. I love you so much. I love you. It hurts. Um, okay. But there's always the common thing of like losing the battle and, uh-huh. you know, she... What's the language? Why am I having a brain fart of the the warrior? Warrior. Lost the battle. Like, yeah, we all hate it. There, I even read like a little article with Miss Newton John saying, I don't like being called a warrior. I don't like when they compare you. She's saying it was like the perfect quote. And then I was too lazy to like cut it and put it online. And I was like, why is nobody putting this online? Like, why is no one fighting? Because everyone's calling her a warrior. She's doesn't want to but anyway that's not what i was gonna say what i was gonna say is i just thought of a new way for the collective to use that language when somebody dies and people are welcome to use it if i should succumb to cancer all right let's hear it um can we start saying like the scientists lost their battle with saving amy's life from cancer Yes. Scientists fought so hard for so many years and were unable to medically provide Save Amy. treatment. So, but let's use all that battle talk about the science aspect of it because literally we as patients are just showing the fuck up, right? And yeah. standing there and, you know, we're standing there. Yeah, that's that's what cancer treatment is, Muggle. <laughs> Welcome to the under the bus episode. <laughs> just stand there. We don't sit down. Fix me. Fix me. <laughs> you just stand there and say that. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah. Scientists lost their battle with trying to save Olivia yeah. and John's life. During I like it. 30 years. Yeah, I don't know. Shift the blame. Shift the blame. But also it's like they're trying. They are they're trying hard i'm not trying to be a dick but they they lost the battle they weren't able to figure it out in time yeah they showed up for the battle i mean we're giving them credit (laughs) they worked hard they They put themselves out there (laughs) anyway but yeah i like it i like it i i will be sure to if if i outlast you amy i will (laughs) i will be sure to use that terminology in your honor (gasps) thanks um well, now what? Now what? I don't know. I did want to say that um, I wanted to mention my milestone, which was that I reached oh. my, um, which I don't, I honestly do not recommend that any <laughs> other person ever even looks this up. My oncologist, Rachel, Rachel, <laughs> you shared this with me in the beginning and you shouldn't have. Uh-oh. Um, just kidding. Just kidding. Um, I love you. We're still best friends, right? We're not in a fight. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I know that the median progression-free survival on my line of treatment is 22 months. Mm -hmm. And I made it. I made it to 22 months. Um, Yes. And and I surpassed it. Off you go. (laughs) Progression-free. Progression-free. Stable Mabel. But did that make you feel like, well, here we are. Now yeah, it's all down, I mean, it did. downhill or uphill, which is the harder one. Uh, can I tell you that I never, I always fuck that up. You do? I always they say both it's make all, sense, right? I know. Like it's all downhill from here. Like it gets worse. Yeah. Like, or oh, it's fuck. downhill. Like it's easier. Or, like yeah, you don't have to like be hiking. Like, oh no, it's uphill. Now we have to hike. But it's like, it's all uphill now. Like, woohoo. Yeah. Listeners weigh in. Tell us. Weigh in. <laughs> don't forget to like and subscribe. That's right. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. So I wonder if anybody else checks up on those things and feels anxiety about it. Like now your days are numbered. Mm-hmm. I sure do. <laughs> it's not true, though. It's not. It's not true. No. On you go to, to just um, keep doing well. Keep getting good scans. Keep everything perfect. Rachel, do you hear that? Make sure that happens. Doc? Rachel's not going to lose the battle. Yeah. <laughs> she's she's going to be a victor. She's got a victor's heart, I can tell. <laughs> I love it. Her oncologist lost the battle of saving her life. That's right. And then at my funeral, she has to stand in the shame corner. Yeah, it's true. Um... I feel like there's one more thing. Oh, can I tell you, actually, now that we both admitted we don't know if uphill or downhill is the easy one. <laughs> I have another thing like that that I've never told anyone and I haven't looked up because I kind of like not knowing. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh-oh, yeah. we can't edit this one. <laughs> so hear me out. There are two ways that this very common thing could work. Mm-hmm. When we talk about salad days, does that mean? That when people were so hungry, salad days were the good days because everything was in season. So not only did they have their meat and their everything, but they also got a salad on the they side. So they were salad. so full. And it was like, <laughs> and we get all these nutrients. Or is salad days like, we were so hungry. We, we couldn't afford meat. and We didn't have anything. So all we had were like lettuce and carrots. See, it, it works both ways. So when people are like, it was salad days. These are you know salad. what? Do you that's know? a really good, that's a good question. Is salad days good or bad? It's good, right? So when I have used and heard salad days, I always kind of thought of it as like tough, but fondly remembered. Oh, really? Maybe that's just based on but- my views on salad, <laughs> which are positive. <laughs> but is it tough because... Because all you, you got to eat is salad? Starving or because you had to pick all the vegetables out in the hot sun? Or is it because you had enough money that you got the full meal? That's what I'm saying. The side salad. Oh, we'll get a salad for the table. <laughs> That's right. All right. And not just, we'll get a salad for the table. The table will have one salad, please. And just water. Uh-huh. It's okay. ice extra. We're we're a just water family. Oh, I bet you are. Were you an apps and cokes family? Oh no. No. When you went out to eat? What is this? <laughs> I'm I'm um currently I'm currently a water only family. My ch- my poor deprived children look at the others with like sprites and they're like <laughs> Mama, please. <laughs> um all right. Well, people who take their children to restaurants are actually my trigger. <laughs> so we can't We're be friends bitches. anymore. We are Poor bitches. Woman. But you know what? I don't trust. I don't trust people that don't talk a little shit. There, I said it. Um, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I also don't don't trust people who like can't be around children. Yeah, it's not their fault. It's not their fault they were bored. Um. Um. So okay. Rat, rats me up.
Jessica Boudreaux's birthday, though. <gasps> Happy birthday! Who wrote the Thrat theme song, and she has an album out, and she is so awesome. Yeah. Summer we'll, Cannibals. We'll link her album. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Happy birthday, Jessica Boudreaux. She's so cool. Um, sick. <laughs> it's so true. Okay. So, uh, this rats, I feel like it doesn't deserve the theme song because it's, it's kind of a downer, but it also, uh, isn't even it almost made me spit my gazpacho. I really am drinking <laughs> gazpacho. No lie. Okay. Go on. Look at you. Summary. Um, okay. So this is from an article from SciTechDaily.com, S-C-I-T-E-C-H daily. Mm-hmm. Um, Yale University contributed. And then also a journal article from JAMA entitled Comparison of Cancer-Related Spending and Mortality Rates in the U.S. versus 21 High-Income Countries Spending. by Ryan D. Chow, Elizabeth H. Bradley, and Carrie P. Gross. All right. So, <clears throat> Amy, do you want to venture a guess as to how the U.S. ranks both in spending oh, and in outcomes. Do you think it ranks better than other high-income countries in outcomes or worse? I'm going to say worse. How do you think it ranks in spending? Like what? What? Like percentage or no? Like number? Do you think like, it's like are they number three or number eight or is that what you're asking me to? Yeah. Like, do you think we the U.S. spends like more than everybody else or less than everybody else or the same? Let's go with less. No. Okay. So the U.S. spends okay. an incredible amount of I money. I mean, they spend the most and then their outcomes are worse. Yeah. That's it. Boom. <laughs> Much like everything else in the United States. So, <laughs> I'm like, I know I'm it's bad because it's the U.S., but I don't American. know which way is bad and I'm proudly stand up. Um, just kidding. I've in in fact I, over the summer I've tried to uh, scrape off the proud to be an American sticker on my mother's RV because I was just like I can't even look at this thing anymore. Um, okay. Anyway, the U.S. spends two hundred billion dollars each year on cancer care. Um, it's the highest expenditure among the twenty two high income nations that they looked at in this study. So. Um, we're talking Australia, Finland, Iceland, Japan, Korea, Switzerland. Um, national cancer care spending has showed no relationship to population level cancer mortality rates. So countries that spend more on cancer care don't have better outcomes, which is really interesting to me. Um, and in fact, because I was wondering about this. In the initial article, I would really encourage everybody to click through. I'm going to put these in the show notes, but click through to the actual JAMA um, paper because it has a lot of details that I think are really important. For example, when you adjust for smoking rates, which are very low in the United States compared to these other nations, Mm -hmm. we do even worse. (laughs) How is that possible? (laughs) Because... The other countries have higher smoking rates, but they still have better outcomes on less money. How come? Um, That's a good question. I think that a lot of it has to come down to, I mean, this is purely speculation because it doesn't say, it doesn't have any, um, it doesn't posit any like reasons. Mm -hmm. But my guess is that we aren't necessarily putting our money in the best places. Like what kind of research are we funding? What can, what are they counting as cancer spending? Because if they're counting 
all of those fundraisers that end up going to products and, um, you know, gala renting chairs and stuff, then obviously that makes sense to me that our spending would be the most and would yield poorer outcomes. But is that what they even are counting money when we say that's what I'm wondering? Or is it like what tax dollars are being set aside for research and funding? Like they're not counting how much money every organization that is classified as a cancer organization is raising and collectively and the tax money or or yes. I, that's that's a good, a good question that they didn't answer in this paper. So it just says the U.S. spends over $200 billion per year on cancer care. That's definitely not only coming from the federal government. I mean, um, it's roughly $600 per person um, in the U.S. And that's uh, compared to an average of 300 per person in the other high income countries. And so um, when you look at other places, obviously they have different populations, um, even different, different types of populations, you know, Finland, for example, isn't as diverse as the United States is. Um, but Mm -hmm. the, I would have expected the mortality rates to, to be pretty similar. And so I was, I was surprised by this. Um, the cancer mortality rate in the U S it's lower than the median um, mm-hmm. which is still good, but we spent twice as much on cancer care as the median country. So, you know, the, I guess the the question that this article puts forth is, are we getting our money's worth? And mm-hmm. it seems pretty obvious to me that we aren't. Um, yeah. I would love to hear from listeners and, you know, statisticians, if anybody yeah. knows the answers to any of these questions, like. I, I'm what? a listener. I'm a listener of rats. Can I say <laughs> two things? Yeah, please do. First thing, when I think about the cigarette thing, I would bet that the U.S. has different regulations as far as cigarette ingredients as Japan, Finland, all these other places, like the chemicals that can go into those cigarettes. Yeah, I wonder if that's true. So yeah. I wonder if even though our rate of smoking is lower, if the actual effect of smoking and secondhand smoke and da 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 might affect us differently. Yeah. This is also just me making stuff up. I don't know. Um and the other thing is I don't remember what the other thing is. That's chemo brain. Thank you. Have a nice day. <laughs> um I thought this was really interesting that the highest cancer rate for men and women combined was in Denmark. Really? Yeah, Denmark. What three hundred and thirty four point nine people per one hundred thousand? Why? Um, yeah. Um, can I tell you a a, f- a joke I was going to do on our Instagram mm-hmm. that this is reminding me of for a minute? Or is that rude to interrupt your rats for? No, it? please do. Okay, thank you. Um, so the slogan for Providence, at least in Portland, is "Finish Cancer." So there's like on the elevators and everywhere is like hashtag finish cancer and like all the like <laughs> nurses have like shirts on that are like finish cancer uh-huh. cute let's do it you know um apparently according to this rats it's not happening but <laughs> it occurred to me that it it was kind of a funny joke and i want to make a video i still will but now listeners you have the inside scoop <laughs> but to kind of be a little up in arms in the video and just be like finish cancer 
you know what? This is America. What about American cancer? You know, what about <laughs> Japanese cancer, Denmark cancer? But what, why are we focused on Finland? You know, anyway, I'm done. Bye. Check, please. I, <laughs> I like it. That is a, a very American um, thing that somebody would do. I bet. Yeah, but not me because I'm you not going to do it. I'm too embarrassed. Okay. Put, on, put on your red hat and okay. finish rats. Stuff. <laughs> Hashtag finish rats. So anyway, the um, World Cancer Research Fund has a fuller picture, um, not just about these 22 high income countries. And it was it was interesting for me to see. I mean, obviously, very interesting for me to see that Denmark has the highest cancer rate. What the fuck is that about? Um, what is that about? If you can answer, tell me, listeners. Um, the age standardized rate, it says, was at least 300 per 100,000 for 10 countries. Denmark, Ireland, Belgium, Hungary, France, the Netherlands, Australia, Norway, France, New Caledonia, and Slovenia. So that's a lot. Um, and the highest cancer rate for men was in Hungary at 371 men per 100,000. Um, and then the highest cancer rate in women was Denmark. So what kind of what's the highest type of cancer in Denmark? I don't know. Do you know? I don't know. I didn't see that. They didn't. It wasn't included in this little brief that I read, but um, I can look into it more and, and let people know. Maybe I'll, I'll link to that. Also, that roundup that they did from the World Cancer Research Fund. But um, yeah, you know, I think I'll, obviously we always advocate for knowing where you are having your donations go, who you're raising money for. And um, it's just, it's, it's a bummer to me that in the U.S. we have so much money and it's not necessarily being used in the best way. Um, mm -hmm. Especially when there are people just like hanging on the line, hoping for a, a new treatment or a cure. So, yeah. Well, I'll be damned. Um, Thanks, Steph. And should we call this an episode and just put it up there? Yeah, let's do it. Let's just fucking do it. All right. So we are going to post this today. Today is today. And if our audio doesn't sound as good, if our voices aren't as equal, we didn't, we don't know. We, we didn't do it. We don't know. <laughs> we this don't is have not producer. produced. We don't. We fired our producer. <laughs> our producer is um, cleaning his classroom right now. Oh, <laughs> I can't believe summer's like over. Um, I'm going to go on a trip with my girlfriends um, next week. I didn't tell Where you, are you this going? Yet, stuff, but so um, it's a good thing we have two episodes in the can. Um, but I'm going to the Madonna Inn in oh, San Luis Obispo. Have you been? Yes. You have. Oh, I'm I love so it. There. It's like the kitschiest motel. Just Google image source, source Madonna Inn if you're curious. But it's every room is overly decorated and different themes. And they have a beautiful pool and a mm -hmm. bright pink steakhouse. We're going to do the whole, whole shebang. Order a cake, hang out, swim. So, yeah. So I'm excited for that. But we promise you we are not dead and Cancer for Breakfast has returned. We will be releasing episodes on the reg from here on That's out. That's right. That's a big promise from us, right? It is a big promise from us, but we really do promise. <laughs> yeah. We promise. Um, should we tell them our other thing we're working on just for the hell of it? The meditation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, we have a secret. We also have recorded meditations. 
that you can listen to once we put them out. Um, but we're doing different themes for people who are dealing with cancer and treatment and all of the brain freaks that go with it. So yeah, like diagnosis is one thing. What else do we have? We have scanxiety. Scanxiety. Yeah. Um, general spiraling. Right. I think that they're going to be good. And if you're like, I cannot imagine these people's voices <laughs> making me calm. I promise that we did our best to be very calm and soothing. Yeah. How am I going to be able to meditate while Amy's just talking shit? I, I don't talk shit. <laughs> we don't. No. And also another thing to listen to is in our Facebook group, which is crying in my nightgown. If you have not yet joined and you're a cancer person, um, we crowdsourced a Spotify playlist oh, yeah. that I have to say is a banger. I listened to it during my scan. I love And that. the tech even was like, this is really good. This is weird. This is good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was all so like themed on like songs that seem kind of like a cancer anthem to you that. What? Like, yeah. That was kind of the theme, right? Yeah. And there's something for everybody. It's it's very eclectic. It um it was wonderful for me we'll, to listen we'll to. We'll link it. it in the show notes. You can get to it. You don't you don't yeah. have to search like a searcher. All right. right. Well, I hope everyone's doing well. Hang in I there. Hope you had a good summer. K I T. Sorry that we abandoned you. We're back. We're back. We're back. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Cancer for Breakfast is hosted by Amy Diles and Stephanie Lejeunesse and produced by Nathan McGeehee. Our theme music is written and performed by Vivivir. Find us at cancerforbreakfast.com, Instagram at cancerforbreakfast, and email at cancerforbreakfast at gmail.com. so much for listening. Thanks for listening.